Welcome to the Chronically Courageous Podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie Howard. Since I was a child, I've had chronic pain, yet was told time and time again that it was all in my head. So I pushed through my symptoms and I built a successful career until I found myself crouched on the floor of my office, barely conscious. After finally getting a diagnosis, I had to learn how to embrace the life I've been given as fully and happily as possible. Now, it's my mission to help you do the same. Join my guests and I each week for inspiring stories and tips on navigating the complexities of chronic illness. Together, I believe we can move forward with courage, passion, and purpose. Welcome everybody back to this week's episode of The Chronically Courageous. Today I have Kathleen L. with me and I'm always excited about my people that I have on the show or of course I wouldn't have them on the show but I've really really been so looking forward to this conversation and I think you're going to enjoy it a lot. Kathleen is a nationally recognized inspirational speaker and emotional wellness coach and with the recent release of her book, which is titled Shattered Together, she is now also an international best-selling author. So congratulations. Her mission is simple. She wants to empower those who suffer from trauma and take back their power to live full and dazzling lives. With a mix of humor, empathy, and spiritual healing, Kathleen invites her audience to search deep to uncover their personal strengths and to advocate for their personal empowerment. Kathleen empowers and electrifies people by drawing from her personal history with trauma. She mixes humor, empathy, and spiritual healing to ignite a joyous spark in every life that she touches, removing barriers to emotional wellness, suicide prevention, stress reduction, and grief coping. While Kathleen's story isn't centered on chronic illness, this is a little bit of a uh, break from my, my normal type of guest, I feel that her story is going to provide a really powerful and healing level of support for this community. So many times when we deal with chronic illness, we are very much dealing with the loss and trauma that Kathleen will share in her story. It's a different source of of loss and trauma, but the, the end result is the same. So for me, there was trauma with being misdiagnosed, undiagnosed for so many years and having nobody believe that my illness was real, that invalidation that so many of us go through. And there's also the trauma that goes through having to undergo multiple surgeries and the loss of abilities, maybe dependency upon mobility aids, uh, the loss of career, the loss of friendships and relationships. So I really feel that this conversation is very, very appropriate and timely for this community. So Kathleen is just such a warm and wise woman, and I think you're going to really enjoy her. So with that, I'd like to welcome her to the show. Welcome, Kathleen. Thank you so, so much for having me, Bonnie, and trusting that this was a good fit for you and your community. And thank you, listener, for willing to just step out of the, the normal box and, and um, explore something maybe a little different. Yes. And before we started recording, I, we had a little conversation and you mentioned a statistic to me that was so profound um, with regard to illness. Can you share that with the audience, please? Sure. I was on a call yesterday and one of the statistics that came up and it was just astounding to me, which I knew anyways, because I'm in the energy field and the healing field in that sense, but 75% of all illnesses are directly related to your emotional wellness or your emotional ills that you have yet to resolve or dissolve that's still stuck in your body and it's coming out one way or another. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, so profound because I, as I'm on my healing journey, <clears throat> one of the things that I'm working on is a lot of trauma healing and inner child healing and that kind of thing. And I think when we don't release that stuff properly, it does manifest many times in physical illness. So, you know, again, I just think you're, you're a very, very relevant guest for this audience. So 
uh, to give people a little bit of background on where you're coming from. Oh, was there something else you looked like you were going to? I was. I was just going to just go a little further on that uh, on that yeah. topic, if that's all right, Bonnie. Of course, There's, please. That lots of times we don't even realize the trauma that we're holding within our body, and we don't understand what it what the weight gain is, what the weight loss is, why our body's hurting. Like sometimes we're carrying trauma from our parents and our grandparents. You know, there is science out there that shows and has proven that we are carrying the DNA of our I mean, excuse me, our grandparents are carrying the DNA of us. And and we carry all the way back to our grandparents. So think about you have at least you have four grandparents, mother and fathers. And so not only are you carrying what your mother and father have gone through, you're carrying what their, their parents have gone through. But then their grandparents, their parents have gone through that, that same cycle. So it is a cycle of carrying trauma within our body. We don't even realize that we're responding to in life. It is a program within our body. Right. I just think it's helpful so people understand that, which I think probably your community does, but just if, if, if you are feeling like you don't understand why you choose the same type of, type of man, why you can't get rid of the pain in your body, why are you in chronic, chronic, a chronic condition, whether it's emotional or physical, and you've done what you feel is everything you can, self-help books, gone to all the doctors, you know something's wrong and you can't figure it out, I might encourage you to explore some alternatives, uh, natural energy healing, ayahuasca ceremonies, um, yeah, so I could go on and on because I spent 10 years doing a lot of that. So Yeah, and that's great. And I, I am so into all of the natural remedies these days and all the energy healing. And I've been doing a lot of that work myself, breath work and tons of meditation and brain rewiring and you name it. I had someone do a little bit of emotion code work with me. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very, very open to it all. And I, I am seeing it work on myself. So it's, it truly is profound. I mean, it, you know, I think it's definitely something very, very well worth looking into because so many times we get caught up in this medical system and I've seen doctors all my life and it got me nowhere. <laughs> I mean, it just, you know, I mean, it, I didn't wind up any healthier than I was. It was, you know, yes, it was validating to finally get a diagnosis, but it didn't fix me. It didn't make me feel better. So, you know, not, not to the degree that I'd like to. So, yeah. One of the healing modalities that really changed my life, it's called regenerating images and memory in mm. short, it's RIM. And the, the healing modality is going within your body, locating the pain, having, you know, going back to the first time that you experienced it, it's using your imagination with your neurology. And it just, it allows you to go back and dissolve a memory. You may or may not remember, like, like humanly remember, but you, you, your imagination does. And then it recreates a new memory. So it really re it helps you become more and more aware of what's really happening versus the stories that we've created around that particular trauma. And I'm a, I actually became a master in in the a master rim facilitator because it's made such a big difference in my life with all the trauma that I experienced. I can see it differently now today because of that. That's fascinating. Yeah, that's that's another one I'm going to definitely have to look into. I love it. Mm -hmm. So if we could step back a minute and just tell people a little bit about your story because it's such a Whew, it's a touching story. It's a hard story to hear, but it's it's why you are where you are today. So, ten years ago, my life changed drastically. You know, I was a successful businesswoman. I had owned and operated businesses with my husband. I was a an elected official. I'd worked for the governor. I was running a large commercial construction organization. I was a lobbyist. So, on the outside, it looked like. I had everything together and on the inside I was dying because for about 18 months before my son finally took his life, we had struggled for a long time in trying to assist him in moving through his challenges. And I was notified when he was 19 years old that he had taken his life. And not only did he take his life, he took his life and he was mad at me. So he wasn't speaking with me and he actually wrote a note saying he didn't want me at his service. 
So I was crushed. I was, I was shattered, hence shattered together, my mother's journey from grief to belief. But I was shattered 10 years ago, and I really didn't think that I could, could live through that. Uh, I lived alone in Vermont. My daughter was in college in South Carolina. And so I just, I really wanted to die as well. I understand the thoughts of suicide. I understand the desire. I understand the body pain. Um, and it feels like the best way I can describe it for me, it felt like every movement I made, I felt like it was in quicksand. So every, just even moving an inch, I felt like I was going deeper and deeper into the darkness. And I just found myself lying upon Logan's grave and just begging and wishing and pleading, please, whoever, whatever took my son, please take me to. I cannot do this any longer. The pain is just too much. What have I done to deserve this? And it was at that moment, that time that, I just heard this very clear message from above, just really out of nowhere, because nothing was clear at the time, but I heard it so clear. It was, it was, if this happened in your life, then you're meant to do something with it. So now do it. So it was then that I started my healing journey. Hmm. My healing journey. Yeah. It, well, I can't say that was then when I started my healing journey. That's really not true. It was after that that I started my healing journey. It was probably uh, probably 10 months after that because that's when I went into action. Mm. That gave me a reason to continue to live because I had the media contacts. I, I, I was a well enough known person that I knew the outlets would pick up my story if I was willing to, to speak about my story, if I was willing to stand up and, and speak about it to talk about suicide awareness, to educate people about how we describe suicide today is not the way it used to be. You know, suicide should be described as taking their lives, not, not a crime like committing suicide. Because it's a mental health illness, more than 90% of those who die by suicide have a mental health illness, undiagnosed or diagnosed mental illness. 90%. And so we don't say people committed cancer or committed diabetes or any other kind of chronic illness. So it's important that, that I educated people at that point. So I really delved into to doing something to change people's lives because I couldn't fathom anybody else having to live through what I was living through. I wanted to prevent that for other people. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm watching you talk about this and, you know, and I'm sitting here like choking back tears. I, I put a tissue box next to me because this is a, this is a tough conversation to have, quite frankly. So like, how did you get from that point where you were shattered to where you are today and being able to have this conversation and not completely break down, but everyone listening to you probably is going to break down hearing this story. <laughs> Um, it took 10 years of willingness to um, start to step forward and fall back, step forward and fall back. You know, the journey is in, in the book in a way that it's really a memoir, uh, a self-help book and a um, how-to book. So it's not a book of pain. It is an example of moving through your pain. So how I started to move through the pain was commit to consciously facing my pain one hour at a time. It's the only way I could face it. You know, I talk to my, to anybody that I talk to, whether it's interviews or any of my clients or social medias, there's, there's what I call the grief prescription. It's the three B's. Uh, be, breathe, and believe. That's the only thing you can do when you're, the only thing that we can do when we're experiencing sudden and unexpected loss of any sort, or even loss, you know, like any kind of loss whatsoever, any stress, it is to be in the moment. Because the more that we look to the future, the more disbelief and pain that we cause ourselves. That there, for me, I could not fathom living an hour longer with the pain I was experiencing. It was not just emotional pain for me. It was physical pain. My mm. back felt like a, like 
like the Empire State Building had blown up on my back. That's the pressure. Like it was so tight. It was so heavy. It was felt like I was carrying around this blown up building. And my heart felt like it was in a vice grip, just like every, just kept getting tighter and tighter and tighter. And I really feel like I was almost dying of a broken heart. I, I mm. it just, it was so painful. So my body pain was there, the emotional pain. So being in the moment helps you to just look at the next minute, breathe, you know, just, just look for the next hour, the next day. Don't look too far out into the future because it causes more pain, more anxiety, more depression. Breathe, do the four squared beat breathing process. It's breathing to the, into the count of four, holding it for the count of four, breathing out to the count of four and holding it to the count of four and do that four times in a row. And the reason for this is when you're breathing, it helps bring you back into your center and ground you when you're consciously breathing. Because we're, when we're grieving, there's again science out there that shows that we don't breathe deeply, that breathing is an automatic thing. So you can bring in air, but not deep air. So you're not, you're not cleansing, you're not oxygenizing your, your energy at all. So you're not, you're not um, clearing out the energy that's there. So it's emotions and flow, you know, the energy is emotions and flow. And so just allow yourself to breathe deeply because that will bring you back to grounded and it, was also, it will also keep you healthy. And the third is believe. The third is really big. Believe you're not alone. Believe you can make it through this. Believe someone else has been through it and is going through something very similar than you are right now. Mm -hmm. And believe that you are always connected to your loved one, whether their physical body is here or not. We are all energy. And it's a different way to learn how to live in this world without their physical body but their energy is all around us. They're, you know, they're, well, yeah, they're all around us. We're energy. It's just how are we going to connect with them energetically? And that is part of my healing experience and how I want to share with other people is there's ways of moving through the layers of, or the lampshades that we've put over our heart or the, you know, what I like to say is I, you know, my heart was locked in a little safe deposit box inside a big safe deposit box inside the, the big vault inside a, a bank, you know, like it was all blocked off, you know, like right, it was right. with all the traumas. Yeah. You can find your light and connect and it's, mm -hmm. their signs are there. So yeah, those are Beautiful. three ways of moving through just your immediacy of any stressful situation whatsoever specifically right. sudden loss. Right. So yeah, two things just struck me. One, you said that you, you felt that physical pain associated with the emotional pain. So I, you know, I think, I think so many of us that have those physical ailments, there's more of a connection than people really believe. I mean, that, oh. you know, it's, you, you want to believe it's all in the physical, but there's so much emotional healing that is connected to physical healing. So there's a book called your body's talking to you mm. um, or something like that. That's, I think that's the name of the book, but, mm -hmm. and I believe that to be true today when I am not in line with my life purpose, when I am trying to push something or make something happen or going against the, what I, you know, like if I think I have to have it, then I'm going against the, the divine timing, you know, right. And my body talks to me, my body. Mm. I know when I'm pushing my back starts to get tense. Uh, I'm, I'm snappier, you know, like I know when I'm pushing against the brain. And so mm -hmm. that's when I can just step back. I'm more aware today of how my body talks to me. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's another huge thing. I think when we do align with our purpose, so much of that physical pain melts away. I know for me, it has and finding my purpose. So, yeah. So another thing you said was how we're all energy and you, you feel your son Logan around you all the time. And I know you've, I've heard you on other interviews and I know that you've had some really, really amazing experiences with that. Can you share a few of those with us? 
Yeah, I, I want to share one or two from the beginning and then share one around the book, if I could. So, of so course. People, so at the very beginning of the first six months, what have you, I was in so much pain. It was hard to see the, see the signs unless they were so clear I couldn't ignore them. And one particular sign, I was moving out of the condo that we lived in and I just, I sat down on the floor and I started crying and I was just like, Logan, will you please just give me a message telling me that I'm, that I'm doing the right thing. Please just show me that I'm doing the right thing. If I just felt like I, it was right, but I wanted to make sure it was the right thing because I was giving up our home that he, he lived in with me. And that was really, part of it is that like, I couldn't even go to the local grocery store because I felt such shame around the fact that I couldn't save my son. And I thought everyone else was placing blame on me which I was really blaming myself, but that's another story. And so as I was cleaning the, I opened up the, the oven door, the oven door to clean it. And there sits a penny inside the oven. And then I was like, oh, thank you, Logan. I know it's you. And there's a reason why the oven is important. And then I go to clean out the, the refrigerator and I open up the freezer to the, the refrigerator, the freezer part, and there's a penny in the freezer. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I love this because what's so big for that is Logan's favorite food that he loved to cook was frozen buffalo chicken wings. And so oh, the wow. freezer and the oven were the two places that I found the, the pennies right after I asked for uh, a sign. Incredible. There's another time where I was laying on his bed playing cribbage because that's what he and I used to do. And he had a cat named Hilton and his sister was Paris. So Paris Hilton were the name of the cat. Yeah. (laughs) And they were brother and sisters too. So it's just so awesome. Yeah. Hilton, Hilton was a love bug and he, wherever I was, he was, but that particular night he would not cross the threshold into Logan's room. He would, he was sitting at the threshold yawling, looking up into Logan's room, like something was floating above in the air. Mm. And I put the, the, the computer down and I just watched him. I said, it's okay, Hilton, you can come in. He just sat there and yawled. And suddenly he jumped into the room with his paws out and just cried like he had missed this presence. And so mm. I knew Logan was in the room. And so I laid down, turned over onto my side and curled up in this little fetal position and cried my eyes out. And then I felt this energy that spooned me like Logan's body was spooning me and his arm flows over the side of me. And so he was just holding me energetically. And it's, it's, it brings tears of joy to me because he, he so desperately wanted me to know that that I that he knew he, that I loved him, and that he and I knew that he loved me, and he just truly just wanted to be in my presence. So we're it's okay. You can make it through this. You can do this. And I can I can tell you story after story after story about what I have felt, what I've seen. You know, his basketball number was thirty three, his jersey number, and. I see it everywhere. You know, there'll be times I look up into the sky and there's a heart-shaped cloud with the LV beside his, his, the cloud is Logan Voyer is his name. So there'd be an LV beside a heart-shaped cloud. Or I'd see number 33 LV on a, on a license plate. So there one thing after another after another. Wow. And so I can tell you our our loved ones are here. And uh, the recent story around the book is just fascinating to me. It's just had a life of its own over the last two years. And, you know, I had a whole third of the book done and scrapped it and started all over again because it just wasn't feeling right. I was pushing Mm. uphill. It was difficult. It was challenging. And I'm like, this just doesn't feel right. So I scrapped it with my ghostwriter and said, we need to regroup and think about this. And so eight days before the book was published, was out, so the book was launching on October 6th, eight days prior to that, 
I still didn't have a final book cover and I still didn't have the final oh um, interior design of it. Wow. And I didn't because one, I had gone to bed a couple of months earlier and I just said, you know, I know what the book cover is supposed to look like. It's just not coming together. I don't know how to explain this. And I just said, Logan, please help me. Will you please just show me clearly what the book cover needs to look like? Like, I just, I know that there's a, a look it's supposed to have. I woke up in the morning before my eyes opened. It's just right, like right in that little daze, a very clear vision of what the book cover is today. Wow. The clear oh vision of what the book cover is. Mm. And so it took some time to get there. So there's a heart on the, on the book cover and there's a crack down the middle of it. And for those who are listening, that crack is the side profile of my son's face. Mm. It is not just a crack in the heart. And so the book cover was channeled to me. Mm. The name was channeled. The subtitle was channeled. The interior design, why it wasn't ready, was because when I got back the first proof, there was a bunch of A's missing in the book. And in the book, I talk about... I took and what I gave gave them the A's were there, so I was right. like, "Why are these A's?" Like I had to go through and add A's wherever they were. Like I had to go. So it was just I mean, yeah. Well, in the book, I talk about our A life is no longer. We have a B life after we after we realize after we find out that we A life is no longer. We now have a B life that we need to live our best life possible. Oh, so it was wow. his little game of saying. A life is no longer, you know. That yeah. is wild. So when I gave up control of we're pushing and saying we've got to have this out, like you know, like I gave up control and I said to my publisher, I'm like, listen, it is what it is. On um, eight days earlier, we can't control this. It's divine timing. This book has had a life of its own. If it's meant to come out on the sixth, it will come out. And the second I gave up pushing and worrying and struggling, two hours later, I got both things back. It was done and it was published on October 6th. Like awesome. never before has this publisher ever had anything go to publish and be ready within that, that week. Ugh. Ever. Wow. It's definitely divine. Divine things going on here. So the book, the book is the divine's book it is our book it's the universe's book it's not my mm -hmm. book and and it's my story in the book it's our story in the book logan's and my story in the book mm -hmm. and and it's really the divine divinely driven like it just yeah. it just is it's, yeah yeah it's amazing incredible thank you so much for sharing that yeah. And now I'm going to catch my breath and dry my tears. <laughs> oh boy. So you, you mentioned the word shame and you said you were, you know, you were afraid to go to the grocery store because you thought that maybe people would get, you know, give you the responsibility for your son having taken his life. And I know, again, relating back to my audience, there's a lot of shame many times with chronic illness, the shame of not being able to do enough, be enough um, have enough, you know, be able to work enough and be able to socialize enough and be able to be all the things that we want to be for so many different people, because we just don't have the wellness or the energy to do that. So how would you advise people that are dealing with shame to heal that? Move through it. It's stepping into the pain of the shame, not into the pain of your body. It's the pain of the shame. I was not only shameful, I came to realize as I went on my healing journey, I came to realize that I was holding so much shame as a child. You know, as a child, I was sexually abused. It, yeah, just the, I, I went through as a young child, sexual abuse. My birth father actually shot at us as young children. There were alcohol, there was alcoholism. So there was emotional abuse. So there was a lot of trauma as a child. And one particular incident that occurred was, you know, my father shot at us and I had created the story that 
Mom put her and my sister in the bathtub and she hid me behind the toilet because I was the smallest, the youngest. And I was the only place that we could fit was in there. So we hid in the bathroom. And I had created this story at three years old, at two years old, whatever age it was, between two and four. I had created this story that why am I not lovable enough to be in the bathtub with my mother and sister and my father shooting at us? Like, so um, unworthy to be loved. Like I created that story. My mother didn't. My mother put me where she could keep me safe and she did the best thing that she could. And so there's so many stories I'd created around that incident, which I could go into, but there's no need to. But I created the story as a three-year-old because that's all I knew. You know, like, mm-hmm. like I didn't know any differently. So then I kept choosing after that places where I wouldn't be worthy enough that I would put myself in. I would choose, choose things that created that unworthy, that validation that I was unworthy. So I, I really carried a lot of shame. And I share all of that because if you are there and you're listening and any of this resonates with you, if you've gone through some childhood trauma that, that you are aware of, you may be carrying something that you don't even realize you're carrying. And what helped me through that was RIM, the Regenerating Images and Memory. And I also have experienced you know, eight ceremonies of ayahuasca. You know, I went to Costa Rica and spent two weeks, different times, going through a shamanic journey of ayahuasca. And it was truly a sacred process. And it was a difficult, painful process and well worth every second of it. Yeah. It's being willing to step through the pain and not holding on to it. So mm-hmm. what we know sometimes is more comfortable than what we don't. And so choosing something different is scary at times. And because we've known it, we can work with it. You know, it's almost like we get caught up in that, that um, turmoil of that. And for me, I got caught up in the, I'm not worthy enough to be with someone who loves me. I'm not lovable, you know? And really it came down to, I wasn't loving myself. (laughs) So how could anybody else love me the way I wanted to be loved if I wasn't loving myself? Yeah. So it's really being willing to take the journey of healing. And I say this often is like, our life is a journey. Experiences in our life, our journeys, you know, we take those along or we don't. And healing really is a journey. We have to take it one hour at a time, step into it one hour at a time, and be willing to face your fears and just dip your toes in the pain of, of the emotional trauma that you're holding on to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it really, I think it's, it, it never ends, that journey, that we're always healing. We're just always growing to that next level and i think you know when we when we stop growing we die and you know i think that's maybe tony robbins that says that but yeah it's uh yeah so true so true if people are thinking about buying your book you know in this chronic illness community but they they haven't necessarily lost somebody from suicide what kinds of things could they get out of the book what you know what would be useful to people in this community Um, One is that we all carry shame, self-blame, unlovable feelings, and um, it is all grief. And so there are a couple of things about the book is I express it as it is a preventative measure, a prevention of going through depression and anxiety and suicide or drug overdose or overworking or whatever kind of manic masking that we choose to to use and then it's the reaction of that and the reaction piece of it and both of them is is that there in each chapter there's daily practices and so it's not just a memoir when i talk about it's self-help and and uh to do kind of book it is it it talks about a story and then how how a particular practice helped me. And then I give um, ways for you, the reader, to actually create a daily practice for yourself. Mm. So every chapter at the end has a suggestion on what could work for you to improve your life as a practice. Right. So it's very actionable. 
Yeah. It's not yeah. just the story. Okay, great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit about ayahuasca? Some of my listeners may be aware of that. I've definitely heard many stories about it, but you want to explain what it is and what that experience was like? Yeah, sure. It's a plant medicine. Now I, I want to go back to like rim has definitely made the difference and it wasn't quite so, um, so volatile, maybe I should say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so painful at the time. It's intense, an intense process. But ayahuasca is a plant-based um, medicine that the indigenous use and have used for as long as they've been in existence to help purge from our body what no longer serves us. And it purges from our body what we're carrying that we don't even know we're carrying like our ancestors' pain and our past life's pain. And for those of you who believe or don't believe, you know, we carry from life to life pain that's unresolved pain until we resolve it. That's, that is my belief. And um, so ayahuasca, there's, it's a pretty, it's a sacred process and it's an intense process. And the way you purge, you can purge through vomiting and diarrhea, crying, shake, uh, shaking, um, screaming, orgasms. <laughs> um, I mean, there's all kinds of ways people purge. Um, it's they're purging in any way that we purge today. Right. You know, like without the medicine, it's just more intense. And for me, when I was purging, I actually purged energy more so than liquid on most of the nights that I participated in the ceremony. And some people see visions, and it's a, um, it's a hallucinogenic. As people see visions. Some people hear, hear things. Uh, for me, uh, energetically, I purged things from me, like this deep, like, dragon that just came one particular night just like this dragon came flood just just of pure pain and agony of centuries and lifetimes of sexual abuse and emotional abuse and so it just like it just was purging from my system not only what's occurred with me but what's occurred with my mother and my grandmother and just like the ancestral piece of it you go in with the intention. There's an intention. Um, you create intentions on why you're there. And the last night out of the eight ceremonies that I've participated in, the last night my intention was, my intention is to heal all of which is unforgivable, all of which has been done onto me and I've done onto others. Mm. And the shaman said, gently. And I'm like, oh my God, yes, please, gently. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> It's intense, intense Ooh. process. Wow. And yeah, it was fascinating. So Mother Ayahuasca, they call Ayahuasca Mother. So she's the all mother of all beings. And she is considered, you know, she's seen often as a snake, as, the, as a snake. Mm -hmm. And yeah, she was in my chest, kind of like um, pins, like uh, energy, like, almost like acupuncture. If anybody's done acupuncture, it's like mm -hmm. that energy that's like through my entire chest, like millions of little tiny, tiny like pins, like, you know, getting out all of which has been done onto me, hurt my heart. Right. And then in my stomach, she was curling up in my stomach and eating all of which I had done onto others. Wow. Yeah. And like, it just like it was churning and yeah, it was pretty intense. And um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it is a, you have to really want to release all of which is creating pain for you. Like they, they, my understanding, it's it's helped people who have addictions. It's helped chronic chronic illnesses that nothing else has helped. It has helped emotional illnesses and physical, just all kinds of amazing disease within our body. Right. because that's really what disease is. It's a dis-ease within our body that's fighting against our soul. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, sure. Yeah. I've heard, I've heard a few ayahuasca stories and quite frankly, it scares the heck out of me to even contemplate doing it, but I can't say I'm not curious about it. Well, I had to go, I went to a place where I went by myself and it was mm -hmm. a last minute thing. And again, it was a sign from the divine. Like I, yeah. I, it was like a 
two week turnaround. Like I didn't plan a lot of it. I just, it just kept coming up. And then all of a sudden it came up again on my computer. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I got to do this. Like I knew right. I had to, Wow. but I flew to Costa Rica to Rhythmia yeah. because I felt that was a safe place. It is truly a healing center. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, there's, it's a medically licensed place. So it's not like going in the, in the jungle or in the <laughs> rainforest in Peru or Colombia and just hanging out and doing right. some hallucinogenic. No, thank oh you. Gosh. That's not where scary. I would be. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I've heard, I've heard wonderful things about Rhythmia. I know Michelle Sorrow has, has yeah. gone there who we both know and spoke very, very highly of it. So mm -hmm. if I do it, that would probably be my first choice. Yeah. 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 Can you talk to me a little bit about some of your daily practices to like cultivate self-love and empowerment? So my daily practice has shifted um, throughout the 10 years and what stayed constant always is journaling, gratitude, and exercise. Mm. Uh, all three have been pretty consistent since day one. And the first thing that I do is I write, write 10 things I'm grateful for every morning. Every morning, I just yeah. like 10 things I'm grateful. I am grateful for, I am grateful for. And it changes every day. I'm grateful for the sun. I am grateful that I have teeth. I am grateful that I have legs that I can exercise. I am grateful. Right. You know, there's so many things we can be grateful for that we mm -hmm. forget about. Yep. And the second thing is... I also today, I have a practice of, of goals, affirmations, and visualization. So it's all, I blend the three into like really statements of, you know, I'm feeling mighty fine weighing 149 and, <laughs> and just know, and I'm fit, firm, sculpted and have a healthy body, mind, and soul. You know, like there's just, yeah, there's just, yeah, exactly. I love it. I just like, there's. Those, it, it's just really living in the belief that there's so much to be grateful for. The second, the other thing I just want to, it's not a, it's not a daily practice. It's a living, it's a being for me, is that everything that has occurred in my life, there's a light within it, no matter what it is. And uh, I just want to say that while my, I have a full pie of trauma, I also have a full pie of amazing things in my life. Had I not gone through the experiences as a very young child that I'd gone through, I would have never survived the suicide of my son. Mm. I, the strength that that gave me, the fighting power within me at a very young age, I knew there had to be something more than what I was experiencing. I don't know how I knew it, I just knew it. There had to be something more. And I just continued to fight for it, like fight for it, fight for it. I didn't get a college degree until I was working for the governor when I was 44 hmm. years old. You know, oh like there, 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 but I was still a legislator before then. I'd still owned businesses it's because I didn't give up. It gave me the strength to keep fighting. And while that was tumultuous at times, it's still like I, I just, I, I'm so grateful for the strength that that experience, those experiences had given me especially because it gave me the strength to survive Logan's suicide. Mm -hmm. And Logan's suicide has given me a gift of finding my soul, finding my own light, of connecting with the energy that's around us that's given me the, the, the ability to see my own gifts of healing for others and for channeling and for living my purpose to help and assist, to be the presence to hold for other people that if I can move through this healing journey and live the life of purpose and connection and love that I do, then they can too, you know? Yeah. So there's Amazing. always just that I live the belief that, that life is good, mm -hmm. even when we feel that the experiences aren't because right. they're growth opportunities. So true. And so exercise is really getting out in nature. It's, it's really, it's breathing in the air, even if it's yes. standing on your sidewalk for 20 minutes and breathing in there. And then meditation is the purpose. Like meditation, I didn't start with that. And I will tell you, meditation has, has been and continues to be a big part of my life because meditation is where I get a lot of my messages. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Explain when you say get your messages. I, I understand that, but explain, you know, what kind of messages are you getting and what are you, how are you getting them? And so it's just quieting our mind enough, not, not quieting our mind. Let me rephrase that because people think that if they have chatter in their mind and they're not doing it right, because that's not true at all, yeah. is really focusing on our breath. And once it becomes embedded in us, so for me, meditation is a lot like, it's almost like my body becomes just energy and I come, become connected with the universe and I can feel the energy and sometimes I see color, sometimes I get like a, a message of like the name of the book, uh, Shattered Together, that just, just the word shattered together comes in, you know, and mm-hmm. sometimes you know what the words are, sometimes you don't. Sometimes people see clear visions. Um, I don't see clear visions. I have a, I have a knowing, you know, like I just mm-hmm. like, it, it's just a knowing. And I don't know how to say that other than that. So meditation helps bring you back into your heart instead of your head. And when you're focusing on your breath and you ever find yourself not focusing on your breath, you can go back to your breathing and just Just focus on your breath flowing in and out. And it just settles you back into your body. It settles you into your heart. Because really our brain was not meant for for it to lead us. And I'm not really sure where this is coming from, so I'm just gonna say our brain is not what it's meant is to lead us. It is our heart. Our heart center is what leads us. Our heart center is our intuition or our, our gut, depending, you know, how people say, just have this gut feeling. Go with it. You yes, know, it's not 100%. Yeah. It's not about fear. It's just a knowing. It's a gut react. Like you just know. And lots of times for me, it has been something that didn't seem very logical, something that's not very practical. You know, I had a great paying job in Vermont. I was well known. I was, I was really living a pretty good life in Vermont. I moved a thousand miles away, quit my good paying job and started my own business of healing <laughs> and, right. and writing and it's speaking. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. a lot of people don't, don't take those, those steps because they're scared, but I can mm-hmm. tell you there'll be messages along the way. Like when you surrender and allow it to come to you, there'll be little glimmers that will continue to come to you like one day of greatness with jack canfield jack canfield for those of you who don't know it is he was the author co-author of chicken soup for the soul he's the success principles um, so he has a whole methodology on how to be successful and his one day to greatness kept popping up on my computer when i was working as the ceo and i'm like oh i think i'm gonna go and long story short, from that time until today has been three years. And if I had not gone to that one day of greatness, I would never have found regenerating mm. images of memory, REM, and I wouldn't be here to serve my life purpose. Hmm. Incredible. So it, it is listening to the synchronistic um, messages that we get. Definitely. Definitely. And, and I, acting on them. Yes. And then acting on them. Yes. The most important step, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I know. I know from my, from my past, I, I've always had a strong intuition, but I haven't always listened to my intuition. And, you know, when I look, looking back in retrospect, it's like, oh God, what was I thinking? But, you know, but here's the thing is it's all led me to where I am today. And exactly. today yeah. I'm so, you know, you know, you get it. I so much. Yeah. I'm so aware now of all of those things and, you know, listening for the messages and looking for the messages and following the messages and knowing that I am being guided to exactly where I'm supposed to be. And, you know, these little, these little things that come into our lives, like I, I found Michelle Sorrow's podcast and I started mm-hmm. listening to it and then she was doing the Facebook live challenge and I was at a, a wellness center with, with uh, my fiance and I said, I'm going to do this. I, I feel scared to do it, but I know I need to do this. And so I did it and I met all these amazing people, 
then I joined one of her masterminds, and then I joined her podcasting class, and here we are. And now I've met these incredible people that have introduced me to all these healing modalities, and I'm working with yeah. one of them now, and I and I'm and I'm healing, and it's absolutely incredible, and it's it it's, life is incredible, and I'm I'm working on a consulting project with a company that found me through my podcasting. And now I am also going to be going into coaching myself. So it's this whole, you know, like one little, you know, one little nudge and I listened to it and I followed it and the next one and the next one and the next one. And it's like, oh, and, and I, I feel yeah. like part of the reason I'm healing is because I am listening now and, and before mm -hmm. I wasn't and yeah. oh, it's just, you know, it's just, it, it's good. <laughs> I like to say that, you know, sometimes the universe has to hit me over the head. Yes. Actually, every time. It's almost yes. like I have to be yes. knocked over the head. Oh, so I went many through times. a healing. I went through a healing process uh, a few weeks ago where, again, like I had no idea I was responding in the way I was responding. I had no idea whatsoever. And I went through a healing process and it was a tough one. It was not something that I really fought against it a lot. I was, I personally, I made it harder than it needed to be. And I was not happy with the divine, the universe. I was like, mm. you not tortured me enough. Like you think you need to torture me some more. And really I was torturing myself, yeah. but I needed to go through that to truly surrender and let go of any attachment to any accolades, any criticism, anything at all, let go of attachment to any outcome mm. and just listen to the divine message and move with it. Just move yeah. with it. When we're attached to anything, there is an ego attached to it. And I had no idea I was still, and I'm so grateful because as the book came out, there were you know, thousands of accolades and I'm just so grateful, you know, truly humbled by it. And one person questioned my authenticity. And when it first happened, I was like, I'm like, who do you think you are? You know, like the, the first reaction was the yeah. ego reaction. Trigger. I'm like, yeah. ah, yeah. I was like, oh, like literally seconds. I was like, no wonder I needed to go through that healing process for yeah. me to not be attached to that. Mm -hmm. And I finally mm -hmm. was like, wow, isn't that interesting that they're so interested in my life that yeah. they have to search and watch and right, wonder. Right. And I'm like, that's so cool. Just, and then just, isn't that interesting? That's Becoming awesome. the observer is really, really awesome. The observer yeah. of whatever occurs. It's just like, oh, interesting. So freeing, right? Yeah. 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 Really we're is. not, we're not a puppet anymore. Yeah. Or, yeah. We can yeah, take, we're not a puppet to the ego or the fear. Right, right. Yeah. And to other people's yeah. actions and the, the actions of the universe. It's like we're, mm -hmm. we're not in that reactive mode. We're take you know, we have that control to, I don't want to say control either because that's such a strong word, but, you know, we're right. just in that right. flow of life and just letting it all unfold as it should. Yeah. So, yeah. And I don't want to give the listener, you, the listener, any false indication that life is perfect because it's not. There are challenges. It's just how am I responding to those challenges today versus mm -hmm. how reacting, you know? Uh, Jack has the formula, E plus R equals O. There's events in our lives that we have no control over. It's our response or our reaction that's going to create our outcome. So mm -hmm. E plus R equals events plus response equals your outcome. How do you want to live your life? Yeah. yeah. You have control right. over how you respond or react. Mm -hmm. And don't be afraid of the emotions. That's the last thing I'm going to, well, probably not the last thing, but that's the other thing I'm going to say is that your emotions are just that. Think about when you're happy and things are flowing and do you stay in that state constantly forever? No. So you're not going to get stuck in the shame or the blame or the anger or the, or the frustration. You're not going to get stuck there. So allow it to flow through you versus holding on to it because it's controlling you. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think so many of us as children were taught to repress our emotions. Oh, don't cry. Everything's fine. You're okay. What do you, you know, I'll give you something to really cry about. And so we learn to repress that. And that's, that is when our bodies tense up and we stop breathing deeply and we stop 
believing that we're worthy of having these emotions and expressing them fully. And we also respond in a way to say, to stay safe. So when my birth father was drunk and comes home and starts beating on everyone, my response was, I can tell you when a room is going bad before it's going bad today. And I, I wanted, I was the fixer. I'm like, okay, this is going bad. We're going to have to do this. Like totally manipulate the situation. So where everybody's safe and everyone and putting myself at risk for Mm -hmm. that. So our response is based on what we've learned. And so to stay in order to stay safe, you I had to perform. So it, it, it was, it's, that was one of the things that I recently went through was just that performance piece of letting go of being safe and just really being seen for all of who I am and really not hold any shame to it. It just like, I am a soul, just like you're a soul, like anyone else is a soul. We all just have packaging and we all have different experiences like the election, you know, if, if we are willing to see everybody as wounded beings, all of us are wounded. All of us have had a wound that, have, that has been deeply embedded in us. And if we're able to see someone else as that wounded child, like we've been wounded children, we're able to hold more compassion and love for all. So we're less likely to judge no matter who it is. That doesn't mean you agree. That doesn't mean you think their actions are perfect. It, it doesn't mean any of that. It just means that we, we can hold more compassion yeah. for others. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I think in doing that, we learn to hopefully have more compassion for ourselves. Exactly, because that's where it stems. <laughs> that's yeah, because we're all, we're all one. We're all the same. We all have you know, so many of the same life experiences. They may be dressed in slightly different costumes, but... So many of them are the same at the root. So, yeah. So true. So true, Bonnie. Oh, such a good conversation. I don't want it to end, but I know you're a busy woman. You've got a book launch going on and I want to respect that. So can you tell us kind of what, what things, what services you have available right now, if anyone's interested in working with you and where we can find you? Yeah, definitely. So it's KathleenL.com. So it's C-A-T-H-L-E-E-N. E-L-L-E.com. That's my website. And all my services, including my books, are there. Um, one of the services that is directly connected to Shattered Together is called uh, From Grief to Belief Stepping Stones. And that's an eight-week virtual program that is specifically connected to those who have lost someone suddenly and unexpectedly. And then there are this is one of my favorite that I've just started and I can't wait for it to just really kick off is, and it is actually kicking off next week is a, a sacred healing circle. So for 90 minutes, up to 20 people will be on a virtual call with me and we'll do some healing processes. We'll, I'll channel some messages. I'll um, bring up an Oracle card for the end to say, this is a message that's meant for all of us and take it forth and, um, your week knowing this is as additional information for you and then I have the one-on-ones the coaching uh, programs the one-on-one healing programs and I have what's called spiritual spa session so when I work yeah (laughs) so I work people virtually or in person and um, yeah we just connect to the divine and we're directed on all of the modalities that I have how we want to how what's best and the highest, highest and best for the person that I'm working with. Sounds incredible. So Incredible. Yeah. So I want to just wrap it up by asking one last question because this is the chronically courageous. So for you, what does courage mean? Mm-hmm. Courage means being vulnerable, authentic. And even if it doesn't, fit in the logical world is listening to your intuition. It's just allowing, allowing. So I said it earlier, allowing, receiving, surrendering, and acting. It's beautiful. Thank you so much for this conversation. I know people are going to love it. I loved it. And 
I, I want to do it again sometime. It was wonderful. I would love that too. And uh, I neglected to say you can catch me on any social media outlet as well. And it's Kathleen Al Inspires. So I neglected to say that. So I'd love to see you there and in on my healing in my healing circles. It'd be great. So right. Thank you. And, and get the book, Shattered Together. Beautiful book. It's a number one bestseller. And actually, as an offering to my listeners, Kathleen. Kathleen and I discussed beforehand uh, that I am going to, for the first 10 people that send me a screenshot of a review, you can send it to me at Bonnie at the Chronically Courageous, which is B-O-N-N-I, no E, or you can follow me on Instagram at the Chronically Courageous and DM me a screenshot of your message. And for the first 10 people that do that, I will send you a copy of Kathleen's book. So yeah, woohoo! Woo-hoo. That's awesome. That's great. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah, I, I I can't wait to get my copy. So I'm gonna have to get eleven copies from you so that I can have one for myself. It's amazing. So thank you again thank so you. much for being with us today. Really appreciate it. You're amazing. You're doing great things in this world, and thank you so much for sharing your gifts and your message with all of us. Thank you, Bonnie, for having me. I appreciate it. It means the world to me that you took your time and energy to listen to this entire episode of The Chronically Courageous. If you know others that would benefit from listening, please share it with them. And if you haven't yet, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your podcast player of choice. I welcome your feedback and questions. So please email me at bonnie at thechronicallycourageous.com. That's B-O-N-N-I at thechronicallycourageous.com. As always, I'm sending you so much love, happiness, and healing.